Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Officials from the National Parks and Wildlife Service have raised concerns at Dublin Zoo following their most recent inspection. They found medicines with no expiry dates, animals from social species being housed alone and unclean water trough and inadequate ventilation. And I have a statement on behalf of Dublin Zoo. They say at no point in the 2021 NPWS report does the inspector state that they had concerns over animal welfare in Dublin Zoo. To state otherwise is factually incorrect and a gross misrepresentation of the report findings. Some of the newspaper reports today did use that terminology. Specifically, any and all mentions of welfare in the report are positive. As part of the inspection, a number of whistleblower allegations of poor welfare and staff management were discussed. The inspectors went through all allegations one at a time. The inspectors were satisfied that the zoo operators had investigated these claims thoroughly and were able to provide evidence to support their assertion that such allegations were either unfounded or were historic, had been addressed and dated to a period prior to the current management regime. So I wanted to, we, we, we're we not here to put Dublin Zoo on trial and, and discuss the merits of that report or otherwise, but we decided that we would take the opportunity to gauge your thoughts on zoos worldwide. Is it time that they were all closed down? Are they relics of the past or are they important for animal con? conservation programmes or as an educational family day out. You can get in touch by texting 53106. It will cost you 30 cent. We have Andrew on the line in Galway. Andrew, are you in support of zoos? Uh, Hi Claire, thanks for asking me on. Um, Yes, I am. And the reason why, and I'm talking about, shall we say, the major zoos like there are in in Dublin or London or in in Europe. Um, In terms of what they are doing for the two of the things that you've just mentioned, um, educational value for children and also the work that they do in terms of protecting species through their breeding programs. I think the days of the old Victorian Edwardian zoo that probably um, existed right up to the 50s and and 60s, they've long gone. Um, I don't think people would actually tolerate the sort of conditions that animals used to be put in, you know, an animal taken out of the wild, put into a cage and put on display. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't go to these places. And the reason why they go to these places with their children, as I did in Dublin, is for their educational value. When these kids see animals in real life and not, say, from a book or online, when they see, you know, the the primates at Dublin Zoo happily playing there in their large enclosure. You know, the giraffes and the hippos and animals like that in the um, safari park. And they see them. They they can see the animals, the real animals, living in very healthy conditions. And that surely is going to give them a positive attitude to animals in the wild and maybe the ecosystems that support them. Well, Andrew, stay Uh, on the line there because I want to bring in Maddie. Maddie's on the line in Kildare. Maddie, you're welcome to Lunchtime Live here on News Talk. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good. You would like to see zoos closed. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually astounded that we're still having this type of debate, um, given all that we know um, about wild animals and I suppose the impact that captivity has on them. 
it's interesting that Andrew used the word enclosure. Um, a prison is a prison, an enclosure is an enclosure. There's no zoo anywhere in the world that could hope to recreate or mimic the infinite possibilities that exist for animals in the wild. Um, in terms of educating children about wild animals, animals in zoos are sort of shadows of their wild counterparts. Uh, animals in zoos regularly display um, depress- dis- depressive type behaviours, repetitive sort of boredom or boredom-induced behaviours, pacing, rocking, sitting sort of, you know, in corners from lack of stimulation. Um, I've been to Dublin Zoo myself. Um, I've been to zoos in Europe. I've, you know, I've travelled quite a lot. I've seen animals in lots of different settings. And I myself would never take my children to the zoo and I've had lengthy conversations with them as to why I wouldn't. Um, Zoos exist primarily to entertain people. So you take your children for a day out to the zoo. At the end of that day out, you get to go home. The animals are just there constantly, 24-7, seven days a week, year after year, in the same enclosures, you know, forced to maybe mix with animals that they don't necessarily get along with. Um, I really, I suppose I'm at a loss to kind of understand as to why people would continue to try and justify locking animals up and in terms of replacing animals uh, you know endangered species or putting animals back into the wild the zoo's record in terms of that type of uh, those type of programs is very very poor a lot of species in zoos are not endangered the uh, the species that are being returned to the wild the wild is very very low if any at all for some zoos they're there primarily to entertain people and make money well, Maddie, I mean, I have been conflicted myself on, on, on visits for the very same reasons. Yeah. I mean, the African plains in the middle of a wet, rainy Dublin does not seem to be the same as in the wild. But I have visited yeah. as a journalist and seen behind the scenes and met zookeepers. Likewise, if you watch any of the, the RTE series and they are hugely involved in the conservation of endangered species. And it is a fact. And the zoos around the world come together and work together. And in some cases, they, they would have, have died out. So I, I, I do see that when we are paying in and it's a family event and people are walking around on first dates, it seems to counter argue with that. But there certainly is a conservation programme going on throughout zoos across Europe and worldwide. All right, but why not put money into into preserving and conserving animals in their natural habitat? Because you know what I mean. Yeah, and because humans really, are messing that up really, as well. I know, but this, if, but but there are conservation programs that exist, you know, in in the countries where these animals come from, and we we see the work being done by the big national parks in Africa and the the dangers that the rangers put themselves in every day of the week. Um, carrying out that work and the support of, of international aid agencies being given to those programmes. In my mind, conservation just seems like a convenient sort of a tag to allow it to operate as a business, to make money, to entertain humans. If we're really putting the needs of the animals first, then then that's what we should be doing, protecting okay. them and their natural Maddie, habitat. I want that's to bring in James. Thank you, Maddie. I want to bring in James because, James, you run the National Reptile Zoo. So what's your opinion on this? Good afternoon, Claire. Yeah, I mean, the, the I suppose it's what a zoo is. Um, I mean, having the, having the opinion that the zoo is there for entertainment, I mean, that's completely incorrect. You know, it's a, 
I mean, it's, it's a well-known fact, as you said, that zoos are specifically conservation-based organisations these days. Like the, the days of, uh, as your previous caller just said, about the, the Edwardian enclosures, I mean, that's, that's, those are long gone. And um, as mentioned there, like with the, you know, the programmes that are running in Africa and the in-situ programmes that are, you know, that are funded where the animals live in the wild, those are actually funded by zoos. But what about people, James, that'll be listening and saying, you know, this isn't fair. The reptiles you have there should be wandering free. Why are you keeping them for people to come and look at? Yeah, so we're keeping them for people to come and look at because as they pay in the door, the funding that comes to us from from that money that comes in the door, we put that back into those animals in the world. So last December, for instance, uh, we ran a project in Uganda uh, with Nile crocodiles with a local population uh, village where people were getting taken by Nile crocodiles. Um, another project that we run is in Sri Lanka with the forest rangers and the wildlife department there where we train them how to how to move their crocs safely mm-hmm. and ethically. And that's all funded from you know, with these animals okay. that are here in captivity. James, I'm sorry, yeah. I wish we could run this a bit longer and ask for people's thoughts on it. But I appreciate um, you coming on and, and giving that as your as the last word today. And indeed to Mandy for putting her point across and Andrew there before her. And to everybody who got in touch with the show today. And if you missed anything, you can catch up on Newstalk.com or on the Newstalk app. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.